Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com/acast. That's burrow.com/acast. burrow.com/acast.
Billy Sullivan running out of time, taken from his debut solo album, Paper Dreams. It's the fourth Tuesday of the month, so that means one thing. Welcome back to Searching for Soul. Um, how's your month been? What's been happening? March so far has been a really interesting and really exciting month for me. And don't worry, I will bore you with all the details throughout the show. So that was Billy Sullivan, like I said, kicking us off. I caught him in his Glasgow leg of his solo tour and his band was sounding very tight. Good sound, great players. And so best of luck with the, the solo stuff. A band that we played many moons ago when the, the show was still a podcast. Young band from the, the northeast area, I believe, and it's called The Thieves. So they were out supporting and I thought, you know what? Those lads need a bit more airplay. So I went, dug it, dug through my archives and uh, yeah, found this one for you. This is a thieves, just don't get it.
So one of the, the main topics of conversation this month has been the possible reunion of Oasis. There's been lots of murmurings and suggestions and a lot of wishful thinking, I would, would imagine, about Oasis finally uh, reforming after, God knows, what's 2010 Oasis, was it the split? So yeah, it's... It's been it's been a minute, so to speak. So what I thought we'd do was I'd dig out both Gallica Brothers' solo albums and play a wee track, one of my favourite tracks from each of them. And it really begs the begs the question: No or Liam?
you know, at the time when it was his first split, I was definitely um, more of a Noel fan. Um, just, I think the whole rock and roll star kind of attitude that Liam had, it, just, it wore a bit thin because it became ridiculous. But, you know, I'm so glad that he brought that album out. I'm so glad that he brought that album out. I feel that he had to. I think he's kind of vindicated himself in a lot of circles because it was a, it was a decent enough album, you know. Um, but at the time, I was definitely in the no camp, you know, until, <laughs> and probably until he called Scotland a third world country. And then I was, then, you know, my, my allegiances shifted somewhat. But here's No Gallagher taken from his first solo album. And this is probably my favourite tune, but just because the solo on the end and the, the, the big, the madness of the outro, um, it just does it for me so much. This is Stop the Clocks.
stop the clocks. So, in my humble opinion, I would say Noel Gallagher's first two records um, are definitely his best work as a solo artist. What's your opinions? If you're a, are you a Noel fan? Are you a Liam fan? Are you a Blur fan? And just don't like any of the two of them. Um, yeah, I think the beginning of the end with Noel for me was definitely the the scissor player debacle. Um, I just at that point I was like what are you doing man <laughs> you've gone too far you've gone too far but um, I'm pretty sure he's still got a couple of good tracks left in him so we're going to change change the genre now and I'm going to go with something a bit different I've not been playing a lot of or I don't play a lot of kind of ska, reggae, two-tone um, it's just something that I'm not quite into as of yet I've been trying to get into it a wee bit more and you know if I'm out and about doing a bit of crate digging I'll see if I can get myself a, a wee bargain. Um, and the other day I was down at Barra's visiting my, my good friend Mungo Carswell at Vacay Vinyl. Uh, and that's in the Barra, Barra Land Ballroom. And yeah, I, I picked up I picked up a wee compilation. So here's a couple of tracks for that. First one kicking us off is The Boiler. Is it The Boiler Room? The Boiler? Just double check. Yeah, The Boiler by Rhoda Dacker and Special AKA. Enjoy. this club, hot and sweaty, so we've been dancing all night, 
and he says to me, Whoa, babe, what are you doing then? Well, I think I might get a cab. I said casually, Ah, oh, no, no, come back to my place. I only live just round the corner, you can go home in the morning, yeah? <laughs> well, I don't think so. I mean, I've only known you a day. It's a bit soon, isn't it? Give me a ring sometime, yeah? But then he starts to get mad. Listen here, girl. I bought that gear you got on. I paid you in here tonight. I bought you all them drinks and you want to go home, I said, with all cocoa. And then he stormed off. Well, I felt a right mug. Well, you would, wouldn't you? So I ran after him, caught him up. There we are, walking down the street about 100 miles per hour, arm in arm. No talking. Atmosphere you could have cut with a knife. There was no one about. Nothing to take your mind off it, you know. No cars. Not even the occasional stray animal. It was cold and winds whistling through the trees and blowing newspapers against my legs so I tripped as I tried to keep up with him. And there was all these little alleyways and railway bridges stink of piss then all of a sudden he grabbed hold of my arm and he starts to drag me up one of these alleyways and he starts to hit me really hard across the face you know he was hitting me grabbing at me it was awful because I was so big me wasn't tearing at my clothes. There was nothing I could do on I was helpless. And, and then he tried to rape me. And there was nothing I could do on I could do is scream.
this place is coming like a ghost town. And the skips in the, in the record there, just for good measure, so that you definitely know that it's vinyl. So, Rhoda Darker, The Boiler, and The Specials there with Ghost Town. Um, talking of The Specials, my copy of Detail magazine arrived this month for the Terry Hall cover, and it's another great piece of art and another great edition of the magazine. So, as you, as people will know, we spoke to Claire Mahoney, editor of Detail, last month, Um that was a great interview, and this month we're talking to one of the contributors to the detail. It is Mr. Ian Moore. Ian is is a comedian, he is a modernist, and he's a writer. And I find that a very interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting combination. Particularly the comedian, a comedian mod, um, a modern a modernist who doesn't take themselves too seriously. I wonder, is there such a thing? So we're gonna I'm gonna change it up again. I've got a a wee I was gonna say it's not an instrumental, it's actually got a vocal on it, but it's from one of my um favourite Italian acid fat uh, acid jazz funk fusion. I don't know what you 
but genre, I don't. I mean, I don't think you can particularly pigeonhole this next band. But um, yeah, I love it. It's Calibro Thirty Five with Stingray. Calibro 35 with Stingray, a band that I just find so cool. Um, if anybody hasn't heard of them, go listen to them. If you haven't seen them, go on to YouTube and watch the music videos that accompany um, their singles. Some of them are just so, so cool. One in particular that is, is my favourite is, I'm going to absolutely murder the, the translation here, so please now remember that I'm Glaswegian. Uh, Guala Mon Amour. I think that's how you say it. Um, it's it's like a I don't know spaghetti western spy movie. Um, very man from Uncle, but no, just with a lot more a lot more edge. Um, yeah, it, they're definitely great. I mean, if I was ever in an instrumental band, that's the instrumental band I would want to be in. So earlier on in the week. Anybody who listens to the show or follows follows us on our socials will have seen that I did my first speakers event and it was with none other than the Stone Foundation. The founding founding fathers of the Stone Foundation, Neil Jones and Neil Sheesby, we screened, we did a Glasgow premiere and screened the monomedia film Rise Above It, 25 years story of the Stone Foundation. And we had an acoustic performance coupled with a Q&A and it was an absolutely fantastic experience. It was so much fun and it was really cool just to spend the day hanging out with the guys and um, yeah, just chatting away, you know. We went and get a couple of beers, get dinner and just 
it was just really cool to actually just listen to her stories and listen to them telling you about the band and the music and stuff like that. And we are really looking forward, well, I am really looking forward, the Royal We, I am really looking forward to some events that I've got planned this year. So please um, give us a wee follow on Facebook or Instagram and you can keep, be kept abreast of all the developments and all the information um, that's going to be going to be coming up and today was it was announced that the Stone Foundation are releasing a, a best of album to celebrate their 25th anniversary and I believe it is called what is it called hold on we've got a quick a quick um, social media search here this is so professional but I don't want to stop the recording now that I'm halfway into it here we go it is called Standing in the light, 25 years of Stone Foundation. There you go. And they've got a wide range of box sets, CDs, vinyl, and a whole new line of merch. So you can check that out on the band's website. But enough waffle. Why don't we play some music as this is radio after all? This is Lance Ferguson, Rare Groove Spectrum. Lance Ferguson's Rare Groove Spectrum. And this is an instrumental track titled The Dump.
feel that had a very um, Delvon Lamar organ trio kind of feel to it. Um, very Jimmy James on the guitar. Anyway, as I mentioned before, we have a guest. His name is Ian Moore. And last week I sat down with him. This is how that conversation went. My next guest is an author. He's a comedian and he's also a modernist. And I think this is going to be quite an interesting, interesting conversation because I think that is a wicked conversation. Ladies and gents, Mr. Ian Moore. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm very well, Ian. Thanks very much for taking the time to, to have a wee chat with me. So, Ian, for anyone who lives under a rock, please tell us a bit, quickly tell us a bit about yourself. Please don't feel bad if you've never heard of me at all. You're not under a rock. Um, I My name is Ian Moore, as, as you say, and um, I'm a stand-up comedian, or I have been for 28 years. Um, but in the last two or three years, I've concentrated more on writing and I um, write crime novels. Um, the first one in the series, Death and Croissant, um, was a bestseller. So I'm trying to get as much of them banged out as possible while while the interest is still there. Um, and I am a modernist, as you say, and I live also in rural France. So I can genuinely say I am the only modernist in my area. Um, there is nobody and you know and I don't um, I don't skimp on what mods should wear I, I dress as a mod in rural France and um, it, I'm known as Monsieur So British by the locals because of that so that I think that's an interesting thing and in, in, they uh, see their mod style and automatically think it's British the only mod in the village I absolutely love that so yeah. the um... You says that the writing came later, which kind of leads me to my next question, kind of. Um, uh, comedy first. So was it modernism, comedy, writing, or not all the way about? Can you tell me a bit about the path? It was um, when I, I see, I was, I'm slightly too young, unbelievably, to have been in the sort of mod revival of the late 70s, early 80s. I came to it sort of 82 when I was 11 years old at school and mates of mine who had older brothers were mods and it just kind of the style obviously you know nothing at 11 other than what you see you're not really thinking about the background of it and I like the style and so I was kind of um not full-on modernist I didn't go out and buy a Parker or Fred Perry's at the age of 11 it just wasn't it just couldn't do it and I didn't have the direct influence of an older brother to be able to do that anyway no and me downs as it were um and then later I, I always dressed smartly and always had a kind of sensibility towards mods but i was never um what you would immediately look at and say well he's a mod just i just dress smartly and then later on um i'd started doing stand-up but i hadn't been going very long and then we had um our first son and i didn't know who i was i found parenthood initially um, really daunting and it made me look at myself and who I was who I wanted to be would I what kind of role model was I you know the, the really big questions that you ask yourself when you first become a dad and I went back to the the kind of modernist roots I'm not a religious person and I'm not going to say that mod is is a religion it's a nice thing to say um, but I think to to look on something as a religious thing you have to have a religious sensibility and that's not me at all um, I just 
it gave me parameters and a kind of belief system and i liked how i looked in that it made me feel good about myself um and i took that onto stage not as a um comedy mod that's not what i was i wasn't i wasn't a character i never addressed being a mod on stage i did one joke about it all through the years um and that is that is where i came from and then i just i just stayed with it you know i stayed with it because it is it is me it is it, it, i have become it and it has become me kind of thing is it keeps me it gives me boundaries mm -hmm. it's interesting because people come into either through the music or the fashion and i love how you've just mentioned there i wasn't a modernist at 11 mm. probably i'm going to fling the cat amongst the pigeons here but do you think mod is something of more of your youth and you grow out of it and then you become of a certain in a certain headspace and a certain style and you become a modernist that's not to say anybody who can class ourselves a, a, especially people writing more revival now that you've never grown up that's not what i'm saying <laughs> I think that there is, I think there are stages to it that either some people, some people don't grow out of it. You know, some people, it is just the clothes. And I have a slight problem with that. There's an element of um, tourism there, in my in my opinion. Um, but, you know, whatever, if, if that's, if that floats your boat, that floats your boat. For me, it was more about the idea of uh, what modernism stood for as I got older. I loved the clothes as a younger, as a, as a kid, but as an adult, it was what, reading the background of it, what it stood for in, in that it was, it was a magpie culture. It would take the best bits of European culture and American Ivy League or, or black soul music or whatever and create this sort of very British thing, but always looking out um to other cultures and, I, and that's something that really appealed to me um when I was in my mid-20s it, it was like I said it kind of it, it was I a modernist before or did I or, or did I become a modernist because we, we had the same ideals um I don't know but it certainly it was an attraction that um that fitted who I am so it was less about the music it was less about the music I have to say um because I'm I'm so uh pompous with music that um i you know if i decide something's mod i'll just say it's mod <laughs> dean martin's mod as far as i'm concerned that's the way it works well that's a that's i was i was going to ask you where the music comes into place so you've kind of um you've answered that question for me um i'm of the view that if i see something that i like that i think is stylish that i think is cool and tick certain boxes for me it's mod yes exactly yeah some people and being i'm 37 and most people who are into mod in glasgow are into mod revival and you wear certain things or you play certain music being in a band they say that's yeah. not mod but it's 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 my my mod so being a, a comic right I, I think being a mod and being a comic is a great thing because when I read some of your writing, there's a certain sarcasm to it. I might say, yeah. I, I don't know if that is that that's purpose I put in there. I think there's certain 
aspects of the mod community that are comical. Yes, you know? oh, absolutely. And and we have, we do have um, uh, a tendency, and I'm as guilty as this of this as anybody, in in that we we do take ourselves incredibly seriously. We are very po-faced, you know. And whenever you see, um, say, a drawn image of a mob, yeah, it, there's no beaming smile there. It's a very, it's a very stony face look because we're, you know, we're too cool for smiling, which makes us, which makes us, um, to a certain extent, a figure of fun. It also, uh, what I found on stage is that when you walk on wearing a suit that nobody else in the room is wearing and and would wear, um, it gives you a level of authority that. Um, that you wouldn't that you wouldn't necessarily have you 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 kind of and because you get that authority the minute you walk to the microphone because of how you're dressed you have won half the battle so it was like mods have a certain are regarded i think with a certain, certain level of respect in britain um so that when you when you appear as a mod people go oh all right he knows what he's doing he knows what he's about um, and that that helps, obviously, but it was me, of course, as well. I didn't dress up because of that, but it helped. So here's the thing, right? Do you think that we've took it that certain people have took it that seriously that it, that now it's comical? Because, like you said, if somebody's wearing a suit and dress a certain way, you go, "Oh, I they're sharp. They must know what they're talking about." But if they, if you walked up to the mic with a fishtail Parker and uh, <laughs> Now you're, you're Fred Perry and you're, you're Levi 501s and Desi, but it's... Well, that is powerful, isn't it? That, and that, and that, is, that is a caricature. For me, that is a caricature. It's not... I mean, I if we're talking about music, for instance, as well, you know, a, a lot of the mod revival music I find quite uh, difficult. I, I've, it's not my kind of music. I, my, my kind of music is the soul music and it is... Um, white soul, if you like, of the small faces, and not the the three minute bang it out hard power pop of of mod revival. Um, so I was never really. I mean, I've got a Parker, I've got a Parker, but <laughs> I use it for mucking out the horses. <laughs> if that's not an incredibly unmod thing to say, that's when I wear it. I wear it when I'm when I'm dealing with the livestock. Um, I prefer a suit. You know, and as you get older as well, you're 37. I'm I'm 53. Um, you have to you have to avoid looking like a caricature. You can't have as a 53 year old the Lego haircut. You can't have the Weller mid 90s haircuts. You just can't because it's there's there is an element of tragedy about that and a comical. You know, there's a fine line between comedy and tragedy. Well, if you're 53 with a Weller haircut, then there is. You're crossing that line, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, I think there's a certain stage where you get to maybe a certain bold, shall we say, <laughs> and it then moves from being cool to clinging on to kind of past glories. Then Absolutely. again, some some people do continue to pull it off and fair play to them. You know, I was yeah, at absolutely, a, yeah. I, I was at a. a, a I do down in down in London, film premiere for the Stone Foundation guys, and Steve Trigg, who plays trumpet, was yeah. turned out immaculately dressed. Steve can still pull it off, and yeah. I, I, I says to him when he walked in the room, he had a suit on, and I says, "I'm really glad 
that you're here because now I don't feel under uh, overdressed because <laughs> there was people there with like um, I did a special like, trainee zone and stuff and I was like oh Christ now I went out and made a bit of an effort here. Um, well, you should, shouldn't you? I mean, yeah. if it, I mean, the, the one of the basic tenets of modernism is that you make an effort. Yeah, that is that is one of the that is one of the reasons it exists is that people made an effort when they didn't previously make an effort. That was the change. Yeah, and uh, Steve says to me, "You're you're not overdressed." He says, "Everybody else is underdressed," and I was like, "You have just made my evening." I'm, that line is staying with me. To the day I die. Absolutely perfect. And and he's absolutely right as well. I mean, I don't understand why anybody would go out to any do of any kind in trainers. I don't, you know, I've said this many times, leisure wear is for leisure activities. It's, you know, let's let's have some lines and rules. Well, on that note, there's something that springs to mind for one of your articles I read. I can't remember what edition of detail it was in. And it was referring to the dandy. Now, if you yeah. say that in certain areas, especially in Glasgow, it means a completely different thing. But I think what you were trying to drive at was making that wee bit of extra effort and yeah. being that wee bit more flamboyant. In today's mod scene or modernist scene, or just even in general, can I... I'm not going to say menswear, because it's a music pro. This is about music. It's a music program, right? We've all yeah. come back to some music, but we're talking... <laughs> right now. What, what do you think... Um, well, we could use it in terms of bands and artists yeah. and stuff. What, what's your kind of take on today's mod or modernist scene? I, I think some people still dress classically mod, um, but classically mod for me is, is a sharp suit or it's it's um, a cravat scarf. It's it, like you say, the late the later sixties dandy thing with the with the corduroy jackets and the big collars and the double breasted stuff. My son dresses like that. Um, I can't pull it off because I'm not that age. Um, and I, you know, and and anybody like you say, and like and like Steve says, if you, if you can pull it off, do it. If you can't pull it off, don't try and do it because then you just you just look a, a bit, you know, a bit a bit silly. Let's be honest. Um, it's difficult to say. I, I think, you know, things have to move forward. I, and this is something that, that I've said before as well, is that, that there are too many people who are stuck. And, and I've been guilty of this in the past. I've been stuck rigidly in the past of what mods should wear. My idea of a mod is this, and nobody should come out on those parameters, which isn't the case. You should move on. You should, you should be allowed to bend the rules slightly. Like you said earlier, if you see something that you think is stylish, you put it into the mix. That doesn't include trainers, but you know it. You know it includes lots of other things besides. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think what they would be, but um, but definitely not trainers. I think the trainers falls into the the football casual wear, which I would consider as like a son of mod. So Britpop, to me, as a kind of it tips the hat to to mod and certain yes. things. And what I like to do is, at first, I was always the um, I'm obviously far too young for <laughs> to be an original mod. Miss Mod Revival. Miss Britpop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've I've never had I've never been part of an original scene. And some people will speak to you because you've never been part of an original scene, like your version or your take on mod is less mm. than theirs. But 
I've came to the realisation that I'm at a stage where I can cherry pick what I like from each Absolutely. aspect of it. And so, you know, I can take a bit of the kind of football casual wear, can take a bit of the Ivy League, can take a wee bit of the revival and you can kind of blend it into, into you. And I, and I think that's important. I mean, you, you know, you somebody of your age, somebody of my age can work with the whole history of mod. You don't have to be so stuck in your ways that you are going to go, well, I'm only working on the 78 to 80 period here and anything else I just can't do. You know, that's that's so, you know, that's like a historian who is specialised in the Tudors has to wear a, a ruff around their neck just to show that they do it. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. You, you've got the whole history of something to choose from. Choose what you like. You know, don't don't choose what that rule says you must do at that time. And I think there's, there is a lot of kind of and I used to see this on the forums a lot when I when I spent time on the, on the mod forums of a kind of. And I've said this before, an almost like pantomime dame attitude of older mods who are stuck in a particular period of modernism, being so rigid that anything that doesn't fit with their very narrow rules of what a mod is, is, is wrong. And, and, you know, very vociferously say that you can't do that, which is just a nonsense.
the soul of Brooklyn. You're listening to The Face Radio. Hi, this is Andrew Lindsay of Mod Shoes and 66 Clothing. Smart shoes for smart people and inspired by legends. Enjoy listening to Searching for Soul with Graham Hallam on The Face Radio. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And bringing us back in with the music was Miss Abby Farrell, and that's a new single, and it's called New Love, and it's an absolute banger of a track. Well done, Abby. Um... That one is due out for release very soon. And I think Abby's got a few gigs coming up. But do you know what? I think we'll need to get Abby on the show and um, to tell us all about it. Someone else that I had a chat with recently was Mr. Mel Bowen. So me and Mel were having a wee convo on the phone today about the possibility of some gigs or some DJing and stuff. And he was telling me that Mel's no longer a solo artist. He's decided that the him and his band, the original series, will now be going under the banner, the original series. It's just it's a band project now. Um, they're going through the whole rebranding and stuff like that because now it finally feels right. He feels like he's he's ready to, to go out as a band again and he's got such a great bunch of people there. Um so he sent me some some tracks and these are actually exclusive. No one else has heard these apart from obviously me on his band. And he's like, Do you know what, Graham? I don't even know if they're finished yet, but I just want I want them out there and I want people to hear what we're doing. So this is brand new and unheard from the original series. Darkness descending on the night. Some 
Somebody tell me why this evil exists Somebody show me now the way to resist Show me the way to resist stuff there from the original series um, I'm really looking forward to getting the guys up here in Glasgow and seeing them live so someone else who has just recently uh, put an album out and has done an amazing job and it's not just a great album the artwork that has went with the album and every single that has been released is Mr Kevin Finnegar and uh, the Kevin Finnegar Collective which is now out on Acid Jazz Records is a really it's a, it's a great blend of soul, funk, Latin, um, just really, really great piece of music and here's a track take from the album, this is September by Joe and Hamilton.
that wee pause nearly caught me out there and I actually thought that was the end um, are you still with us in the chat if you are pop us a wee message chat.thefaceradio and say hello we're over on discord um, if you're enjoying the show let me know if you're not well fair does can it be for everybody? Yeah. Good music isn't for everybody. Well, good music is for everybody, I suppose. Um, but we are enjoying the face radio after the next track. How about I tell you about all the great merch we've got? That stream by Little Buck and what's the end of that? Jeez, oh man, I can't need a pair of glasses on. I'm really struggling. <laughs> Little Buck and the Top Cats, Christ in a bike, 37er, and I think I've gone blind. Um, so, yeah, I was mentioning merch. If you would like to support the Face Radio, 
We have a plethora of cool merch. We have t-shirts, we have slip mats, badges. It's just a, a great way to support the station. You guys get something tangible and a wee bit more for your money rather than just a donation. And we get help with keeping this great station on the air because obviously everything's going up and up and up. Um, so we really do appreciate all the support. You can check it out um, online. But let's go back to our interview with Mr. Ian Moore. We were in Barataglia, I think it was last year, and a friend took a picture, and it was a chap from the US, myself from Glasgow, friend from Belfast, and a couple of guys who were from London, and it was just kind of saying all mods for different bits, yep. all walks of life, all together at Barataglia, really? and somebody commented on it and says, real mods don't go to Barataglia anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck, for fucks, now we're... we're Real mods did go to Bar Italian. For us, it's a bit of a pilgrimage because we're not from London. You know yeah. what I mean? And it was, yeah. Um, yeah, we just, we had a bit of a, a chuckle at the person's expense because, again, that's that very boxed, shut off view that, you know, well, people moved away from that in now 1960 and you're like, well, we didn't get anywhere there. I don't, one, I don't understand the attitude to, to that kind of thing, but two, to actually have, the, the kind of the the kind of mental capacity to sit there and write that publicly is 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 well it takes some doing I don't know if that if that's the case I don't know what a real mod is I mean are we going down this is like the real IRA where, the, where we've got some kind of paramilitary wing of the modernism movement now it's just it, it, it attack anybody who goes anywhere near Bar Italia it's a, it's a ridiculous conceit. Well, this is actually, you've just gave me an interesting thought, right? So since it is a music show, we need to speak yeah, of, oh, a bit sorry, about music. No, 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 not at all, not at all. So here's an, uh, what I think it's interesting. Let's think about, you mentioned Dean Martin is mod, and people would argue, but you think it's mod. Now, I watched um, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy last night, well, part of it, then fell asleep on the couch. And I was sitting, thinking to myself, how mod is this film? So yeah. here's one. Why don't we? You give me some music that is not mod, but for you it is mod. Well, I, I would go Rat Pack. I would. That would be my first port of call. I think um, it would be Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr. And and although I mean I love the music, and I can understand that people would argue that that maybe the music isn't mod. The sensibility of the Rat Pack was mod in that it was. Um, despite some of the jokes made on stage, it was inclusive. Sinatra insisted that Sammy Davis Jr. in a time when there was segregation performed and stayed in the same places as Martin and Sinatra. So it had this kind of inclusive element, which I really like about mod. And it was, there was a, um, specifically there was a superiority about it, a superiority about their attitude to who they were. They were the greatest entertainers in the world and they weren't frightened of saying that they were the greatest entertainers in the world. And that's what mod is. Um, mod is looking down on other people, if you like. We're, we've got, we're on this kind of plateau and we feel we have the right to look down on other people. And Sinatra, D. Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. could do that. But the music as well was the best around at that time. So it, it's again, it's that kind of, modernist feel of we are the best um you have to match me i don't have to come down to your level you have to raise yourself um so i would say that 
for a start. Um, the Beatles is, a, is an odd one because the Beatles sort of transcends everything, really. It's, it's a bit of everything. So I wouldn't ever say the Beatles are mod, although inevitably they dressed mod when everybody was dressing that in 63, 64. Small Faces obviously is mod. I'm trying to think of something that I go for a lot. That I mean, Pulp. See, the thing about Britpop for me is that everybody talks about... Um, the oasis blur battle and that was at the time i was mid-20s at the time and that was all that anybody ever really talked about but looking back now nearly 30 years the uh, the music that stands out the best by far is pulp the great the the great band of the era and i'd and i'd put ocean color scene above oasis and blur as well blurs blurs two big albums in the midnight i don't think have stood up well at all Oasis, their anthemic stuff, yes, it, it does get you going. Um, and it, it, it is fun to kind of remember those kind of really laddish kind of nights where you'd all be together with your mates and you'd have your arms around their shoulders and you'd be singing Wonderwall and all of that. But was it mod? I don't think so. I don't think it was. I'm really glad that you mentioned um, Pope there because, you know, I think Jarvis... Cocker really is like a kind of quintessential mod frontman, and the way he would he would dress and his his stage presence a bit like um, your man from Suede. Christ, his names went right out yeah. my head. Brett, 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 Brett Anderson? No, no, that's John Anderson. Google. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. I saw him in uh, Paddington Station. Not that long ago, much taller than I expected. Very skinny man, but yeah, Brett, somebody I can't remember his name. Uh, but th those guys, in my opinion, all, although the music you couldn't you you couldn't tie it back to maybe anything really classical mod modernist music. Yeah. If you're looking at the kind of like the jazz thing or the revival thing, but their mannerisms, the way they dressed, and that like that kind of elevation of been above yeah i mean that kind of era mystique um stage yeah. performance maybe no no maybe no run on stage with michael jackson kind of thing but um <laughs> i don't know but i think that's a kind of modernist thing as well isn't it it's bucking the trend it's, it's saying two fingers up to what you actually believe this is what the bloke is actually like i'm not having it there is a there is a, a kind of mod sensibility with that i think and and it's interesting what you say about frontmen because going back to bands that weren't mod but i would consider kind of mod were the faces just pure um hedonism just pure mates who were having a laugh and, and not even remotely mod you know the who actually became a better band when they weren't mod if you see what i mean i, I mean i prefer the who's sort of late rockier stuff of of the late 60s and, and mid to mid 70s period rather than the substitute um, fake mod stuff because they weren't real mods. They were dressed up like that by Pete Mead and it was he said yeah, this is dressed like this, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, it, the frontman thing is really interesting because it's almost like it, literally the face, isn't it? You've got literally the face at the front of the band, mm -hmm. and Jarvis, like you say, is perfect for that. Um, and that was that was the whole Britpop thing. I I, I went to I went to see Blur. Uh, Milton Keynes Bowl, and it, 
I just, I just, at the time, I think I, I you get, you, you kind of get caught up with it. And then Pulp were my favorite, but you, you, you got caught up in the whole Blur Oasis thing. And I kind of had that, um, in my head, Blur were a bit like the Kinks in that um, they were sort of art schoolish and, and their lyrics were clever and, and they had a slightly different style to everybody else uh, around at the time. But like I say, it just hasn't stood up. It just hasn't stood up as well. I still, you know, you can still listen to the Kings, even though I have a slight problem with the Kings. Uh, in terms, I think they're they're almost too cold. Um, Ray Davis is a wonderful songwriter, but I just think sometimes the music is just a bit cold, too, um, too English, if you see what I mean, too um, Southern art school, which is the problem I have with Blur as well. Do you think that it was that kind of lack or inability to adopt? other styles, other genres, you know, a wider influence. I mean, it worked at the time, you know, writing about now, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is England kind of thing and, you know, yeah, the, whole, the, whole, the whole park life thing. But I think after that, there wasn't, there wasn't, you know, there just wasn't isn't enough layers. No, absolutely. And and once the kind of um, the bubble of Britpop burst, what, you know, what did they fall back on? I mean, I don't think, I can't really remember much from Blur after Britpop. After, of course, they've had a, they've produced lots. Coffee and cigarettes, I liked. But, you know, I think Damon Albarn's best work after the Britpop era has been in Gorillaz because it's far more inventive. Um, mm -hmm. Although the, I, I think Weller's supporting Blur, isn't he, this summer? Um, yeah, that's a, that, is, that is a strange one. It is a strange one. It is. Uh, when you look back at, uh, uh, you know, at the kind of the teams, if you like, that, that sprung up around Britpop, if you'd said 30 years later that, you know, Weller would be supporting Blur, it just kind of, it, it kind of does your head in a little bit. But I mean, you know, he's always been, Weller's always gone that way. And when you're talking about clothes as well, and, and people from a certain era, I remember going to see Weller at um, Brixton Academy, and this was when 22 Dreams came out, which is probably 400 years ago. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's it was around about 2006, 22 Dreams. It, yeah, probably was something like that. Probably was something like that. And 22 Dreams, I mean, there's, you know, obviously there's an artist who, who constantly changes, constantly has layers. I don't think they all work for me. Um, I thought On Sunset was a great album, but there's a few of the other more recent ones that I just can't get into at all. But I, I went to go and see Weller um, with a mate at Brixton Academy. And um, <laughs> it was bizarre, because my mate said, I'm not dressing up like a mod. I'm not doing it. I'm not a mod. I'm not going to dress up like a mod. I mean, you don't have to dress up like a mod. We're just going to go and see Paul Weller. He's a, you, you like him. He's a brilliant musician. and We're going to have a good time. He said, but you're dressing up like a mod. I said, well, I always dress like this. this, this I'm not dressing up specially. I'm just going as I am. Anyway, we went and we were slightly late. And as we were walking up, you know, you've got those steps up to Brixton Academy. As you, as you get in, you've got the big doors. As we get into the doors, this enormous bloke pushed open the doors to come out. It's a really huge bloke, big skinhead, um, Fred Perry, done up, top button, all of that. Um, and he just looked at me and he was practically crying. And he just went, oh, mate, there's none of the old crowd anymore. It's just me and you. 
And that was, it was just, it was that you had to, you had to be, if you were going to go and see Willow, you had to dress almost tribally. Otherwise, it, the upset amongst the older mods was was more than they could bear. Yeah, I think the tribalism between, you know, a lot of people I speak to who were part of original scenes, they say everybody was very much, you had to be in your lane. You had to be right. of one group. You couldn't be, you couldn't dip in and out. You had to, you know, stay in your lane and <laughs> steadfast and upright. Um, I think that's right. <laughs> the tribalism is kind of started to, well, of a certain generation, it started to kind of alleviate. Now, but I think that's probably because of social media and internet. People can see that's a, that's a bizarre thing because before both of our time, you look at the 60s and how much it changed so rapidly. You couldn't possibly be a 1964 mod and ignore 1966 mods and ignore 1968 mods. The, the change in fashion and music style in just three or four years was so rapid. You couldn't possibly say, "Well, this is this is only what I am, and I'm only going to listen from, from I'm only going to listen to Hard Day's Night, and then I'm only going to listen to Rubber Soul, and then my mate only listens to Ogden's Nut Gone Flake, and they all dress accordingly." It just it just doesn't work like that, you know. You have to modernism, as we said, is all about cherry picking from other cultures. So why, if you're a mod, wouldn't you cherry pick from what is inside the history of mod musically and with clothes? Uh, like I said, I'm I write I write crime novels there and they're humorous, humorist, humorous, can't even say the word, humorous crime novels set in France. Um and they are they're murder mysteries, but the comedy from them comes in the two main characters. One is very English, um very uptight, very um not scared of the world, but just not wanting to get involved. And his partner is very French. She's a woman uh, who is so exotic and uh, emotional and desperate to throw him in the deep end of these investigations, which she always kind of uh, retaliates against. So that's where the comedy comes from. And and the hue and and the the murders are all set around where I live uh, in in France here. Um, as for work, I, I don't really do much stand up anymore. Um, because it just the travel was just too hard, um, and that's a shame because that was four or five nights a week where I got to dress up. <laughs> um, I, you know, I still dress up at home, but it's not. I can't. I can't be. You know, making dinner wearing a, a three-piece Italian cut sixties four-button cloth covered covered suit. It's just. It's, uh, so I really miss that. It's a very um, expensive penny. It is a very expensive. <laughs> somebody bought me. This is, the, I mean, this is the worst kind of thing, isn't it? That somebody buys you uh, a kitchen apron with a Vespa on it, and you just, uh, your heart kind of, your heart stinks at that. Um, and you, my dad always buys me t-shirts with Vespa on it, and I just, you know, and I'm not, I'm not a, a scooter mod at all. I'm not mechanically minded. You know, I can't, I can't work a toaster, so there's no way I'm gonna. Try and fix a fix a scooter on the side of the A twenty three. That's not me at all. And and again, that that tribalism from all of that. I think you, uh, when I first became mod, you were like a, a suit mod or or a denim mod. You can be both. You know, you really can be both. It looks a bit odd all the time. Although I do like going to the boulangerie, the local boulangerie in the, in an Edwardian frock coat. That really puts the wind up the locals. <laughs> So if anybody even wants to check out any of your written works, any of your books, where can they where can they find them? 
go to my website which is um www.ianmore.info and there are there are podcasts there are a few radio shows i did um as well about traveling so there's lots of music uh, about you know it's all connected with traveling um and yeah books and stand up and stuff like that and just and blogs plenty of me just whining <laughs> just just whining from various different parts of the world but immaculately dressed whining there you go immaculately dressed whining what a, what a great way to close the interview massive thanks to Ian. it was a real pleasure to speak to and i hope that one day we can pick up that conversation in person i'm going to keep going with last half an hour's worth of music and here is definitely still one of my favorite bands of the last at least two years this is monoponics
still absolutely gutted that I didn't get the chance to see the Monophonics live last year in Glasgow when they had to had to pull their gig at um, Mono in Glasgow. Such a disappointment. Um, next time they're in the UK, I will definitely be travelling to pick them up live. That's one as a must, 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 must for me. Hopefully that will happen in 2023. I don't have to wait too long again. So the next artist is an artist that I've never heard of. Um, on Thursday, when I was given the nails a, a tour of Glasgow, we popped into popped into Mono Records actually, funny enough, and we were doing a wee bit of digging, and I was flicking through, it, and the next artist's album was in my hand, but I took it out to look behind it, and both Neil says, "Well, that's a great album. Do you like him?" I said, "I've actually never heard him." Says you need to buy this, so I went went home, bought it, went home next day, had a had a listen, and it just it sounds like it should be the the soundtrack for like a film or like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or something like that. Do you know that that kind of feel, that kind of vibe of film? It, it's uh, it's just really cool, interesting music, and let's say it was something that I had never heard for heard before. Sorry. Um, the artist's name is Scott Walker and the album is called I think it's called Scott 4 um, again I'll need to reach down on the floor and have a look for the record but um, it's it's just a really really cool interesting um, album, yeah it's Scott 4 and this track is called Get Behind Me so here it is and this is, yeah, I'll put this one out to the nails and thank them for turning me on to something new It's the signs as we see them There's no thresholds at all There's no vows to be broken As we rise or we fall There's no noise high above us As the moon turns in space Just the face of a lady Who we love for her grace Get behind me, get behind me Won't you bend my ear again, I really need a friend Get behind me, get behind me Remind me to remind me not to go back there again When the threads of dark moments start to tremble with sound And an almost fond whisper dies, the boundaries surround We keep reaching beyond us through the shape-shifting clouds Wide eye like you, brother, so electric so proud Get behind me Get behind me Won't you bend my ear again I really need a friend Get behind me Behind me, behind me, behind me Remind me to remind me Not to go back there again Set us free of this being 
so we'll be once again So we won't feel the gravity of time And the face in the faces Of the loves we move through Reappears in original design Get behind me Get behind me Won't you bend my ear again Lord, I really need a friend Get behind me Get behind me Remind me to remind me And not to go back there again But tweet and tweet and Scott Walker and get behind me. Please tell me that you can you can see it. Tell me that you can you can see it being used in uh, once upon a time in Hollywood. You know, I can actually now picture Brad Pitt and his dog <laughs> absolutely uh, mutilating a bunch of crazed hippies who are trying to murder them. Yeah, I can I can see it now. Oh, please excuse my, my my chair. I'm actually sitting in my dining room recording this. Hence the echo and the chair noises because I'm not in the studio. This week, unfortunately, so you'll have to you'll have to bear with my squeaky chair and my echoey dining room. So, the next track is taken from a Fulham soundtrack, and I first heard this on Brendan Farrell's show. Well, I tell you, I I heard the the title track um, for another Fulham soundtrack by this artist on Brendan Farrell's show, and it was oh, it was. The theme or the like the kind of track used um in the gentleman. So I found the, the this EP with that track on it by a guy called Paul Jones and it's actually it was part of a soundtrack for a film called Privilege, which was out in nineteen sixty six, I think. My information's terrible. My facts are absolutely shocking today. Um, I, I don't think I, I don't you can quote me on anything that I'm saying in the show anyway. Uh, if you're looking for factual sources, I am not a. Um, but yeah, this is this is by an artist called Paul Jones, and it's from a full track EP for the film Privilege. So, this is the title track. Hope you enjoy. Thank you. 
Free Me is the name of the track used in The Gentleman that I first heard on Brendan Farrell's show. So, and I tried to explain this to Brendan when I last saw him down down in the smoke, uh, down in London, but we were both rather intoxicated and, you know, f- for someone on the outside looking in, it must have been absolutely hilarious watching, um, <laughs> watching a Londoner and a Glaswegian who had both had an absolute skinful trying to try to converse when <laughs> it probably seemed <laughs> seemed like um, conflicting languages, different languages. Um but yeah, he's a good guy and he's got a great taste in music. So we have another track um from Mr Mel Bone um from his band The Original Series and it's it's not a solo band, it is of course it's, it's, it's a band band. A band band. Is that, <laughs> is that even the right way to say that? Um, he sent me over. This is a second of two tracks. And this one is called Everything I Do. Enjoy. That's coming from within There ain't no power Can take our love away I'll give you the hours The minutes out my day Oh yeah, now You know, you know, you know, you know You know that I would And you know now Yes, you know now You know, you know, you know, you know, you know You know that I would You know that I would now You know, you know, you know, you know that I would Do it for you, baby Everything I do I 
brand new and that is another exclusive by the way that has not been heard on any other radio station and well unless um, Mel's talking a pack of fibs <laughs> which I don't imagine because he seems like a very very decent down to earth guy 
Um, so yeah, you're getting a wee exclusive there from the original series as everything I do. Really, really great vocals on that. Um, really good catchy bass line as well. Bass line's actually phenomenal, um, if I do say so myself. Um, so again, I was talking about the Kevin Finnegar Collective earlier on, and I do have this album at my feet. I'm just going to reach over and pick it up so I can have a right good look at it. Um, and you know, the artwork is absolutely impeccable. And when you look at it, it is not just a piece of music. It's not just a record. It is the whole package. Um, and I wonder, I wonder what it would have been like to be at that gig in the 100 Club earlier on in the month. Um, was anybody in the chat there? Did anybody go? What was it like? Um, I would have loved to have got Kevin as a guest on the show, but I'm wondering... <laughs> not his lack of English. <laughs> that would I'd, probably my lack of English um, with my very thick Glaswegian accent. This is actually um, this is me putting on my telephone voice. You know, I'm usually a lot faster, and my, my accent's a lot thicker. Um, so if you're struggling to listen to me, then uh, if you meet me in person, you'd probably have no chance, no chance at all. But um, yeah, if you were at that gig, what was it like? Um, what do you think of the album? What do you think of that work? Because I think it's I think it's a fantastic piece of piece of music and a fantastic piece of art. I actually think his wife deals with that. I think they 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 bring people in or they select different people. I think that's um, the credit goes to her there. Anyway, anyway, I'm waffling seriously, seriously waffling. This is the Kevin Finnegan Collective, and this is a track called El Basements. And I'm not going to say enjoy because I just realised that I say that an awful lot.
So Kevin Finnegar, and that tra- that is out now on Acid Jazz. And if you've not already got it, I highly recommend that you you go and pick yourself up a copy because it really is a cracking piece of music. And talking about cracking piece of music, I'm gonna gonna plays out with a musician that has links links to the show as. His his album is now available on B. B Jesus, what is wrong with me? BQE Records, and it is none other than Mister Bobby Harden. His album um, "Bridge of Love" is Bobby Harden and Soulful Saints. His album "Bridge of Love" is now it's now out and it's available. Um, but the main man, Mister Cups Powers, uh, helped produce it, um, written and arranged by Billy. Toxic. I think, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Again, if it's not, I do apologise. But you know, there's been a couple of singles leading up to this over the last what two years, I believe. I think the first one came out in February twenty one. Um, was it twenty one or was it twenty two? Right. Anyway, it's been a while. It's been a long time coming, and it's finally here. And you know, I, I can't wait to I can't wait to pick up a copy, get mine ordered next month and hopefully, hopefully there's still some left you know um, it, it's just really great uplifting feel good soul music um, with a guy who's just a really insanely talented vocalist and you know what it's, it's great writing it's great the arrangements on it are great the instrumentation on it is great um, yeah I, I really can't highly recommend uh, the album enough so I'm going to leave you with it. Uh, I hope you've all enjoyed the show. Um, if there's anything you want to ask me, fire me a message. Remember, fire, um, fire yourself onto the Face Radio website. Have a look at that merch because there's some really cool stuff on there. Um, so yeah, I'm going to love you and I'm going to leave you with Mr. Bobby Harden. Cheers.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.